0: Let us pray. Gracious God, you are indeed sovereign. You are in control, Lord, at, at all times and in all ways. And Father, often we, we can look at our lives in our own circumstances and, and come to the, the belief that, that you are not in control. And sometimes our lives seem that they may be out of control and uh, we wonder, Lord, where you are in the midst of it. But God, even in the, the difficult times, even in the, the trying times and the times when the, when the evil one um, is, uh, is against us and is attempting to, to draw us away from you, even then, Lord, you are still in control. You are sovereign over us. And we thank you that the apostles and, and, and the disciples um, over 2,000 years ago that they acknowledge that as, as they pray to you that, that day and uh, when uh, the, the, the disciples had been released from prison. You are the sovereign God. Even in the midst of, of, of trials and difficulties, and we worship you. And Lord, I just pray, and we pray that for each of us, we would just know that sense of, of your controlling our lives, that our lives are not some haphazard set of circumstances and events, but that you are in control and help us to trust in you all the more. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity again that we, that we have to worship, and this time to, to give of our, our gifts and our offerings. And we pray once again, thanking you that, uh, that you have blessed us in so many ways, and we give back to you, Lord, these things which are rightfully yours, and we ask that you would take and use them to the glory of your name, and for the advancement of your kingdom. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Dr. Helen Rosevere, uh, who was a missionary to Zaire, tells uh, the following story. She writes A mother at our, our mission station died after giving birth to a premature baby. We tried to improvise an, an incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So we asked the children to pray for the baby and for her sister. And one of the girls responded, Dear God, please send a hot water bottle today. Tomorrow will be too late because by then the baby will be dead. And dear Lord, send a doll for for the sister so she won't feel so lonely. And that afternoon a large package arrived from from England. And the children watched um, eagerly as, uh, as, as it was opened. And much to their surprise under some clothing was a hot water bottle. And immediately the girl who had prayed so earnestly, she she started to dig deeper, exclaiming, if God sent that, I'm sure he has also sent a doll. And she was right. And the Heavenly Father, so he knew in advance um, of that child's sincere requests. And five months earlier, uh, he had a a ladies group in a congregation um, uh, put together some packages to send out and included uh, both of those very specific articles. And the point of this story and the point of, of our text this morning is one and the same, and that is the prayer prayer works. Prayer works. Now, if you cast your mind um, back to the last time we were looking at Acts, you will remember how Peter and John have been have been taken by the religious authorities. They have been questioned and released. And they've been warned not to speak or to preach in the name of Jesus. And immediately after their release, we read how, and Laura read it for us earlier, we read, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Just as a, as, as a way, I wasn't aware what the, the girls were going to sing during, during the offering. And uh, it just ties in lovely with that, uh, with that passage from, from Acts, the Sovereign Lord. Now, from this, this episode in Acts, which is a clear demonstration of what the church was, we learn what the church must also be today, that it must be a praying fellowship now, there's a pattern in this, but before we look at the, uh, the pattern of prayer found in Acts 4, we need to say something um, about prayer uh, in a more general sense. Firstly, prayer is a privilege. It is a privilege and it, it is not an obligation. Very often, we can view prayer as something that is tedious, perhaps. Something that may even uh, appear to be, to be burdensome. Sometimes we try to pray and we can't find the words to pray so we just give up. And we give up because it has become a burden. But prayer, prayer is one of the greatest privileges given to us by God. Think of someone who you greatly admire. It might be your uh, your favorite author, living or dead, your favorite author or musician. It might be Uh, a sports person, or um, a singer, or it might be a a historical leader or character. Now imagine that you had the opportunity to meet with them. They've come to your house, they're in the living room, and you're sitting in the kitchen or or somewhere else in the house, and then a family member comes and tells you, Elvis Presley's here to see you, or Mother Teresa, or, or Beethoven, or whoever that might be, and you say, "Ugh." I can't really be bothered speaking to them. I can't be bothered today, and you know I don't really know what to say. And we've missed that opportunity. We've missed the missed the privilege of speaking to someone who could have blessed our lives in in many ways. Sadly, that can be our attitude when we attempt to come to God in prayer. But prayer is a privilege. And it is a privilege because we are conversing with the Lord of all creation. That's the first thing. The second thing about prayer is that it is powerful. It is powerful. However, it is not prayer itself that is powerful, but the power is found in the one to whom we pray. And that is why we pray. God answers our prayers. God answers our prayers. No prayer, no prayer goes unanswered. He is the one who is answering our prayers and and is working out his will through our prayers. Now sometimes God answers and says yes. Sometimes God answers and says no. Sometimes God answers and says wait. And sometimes he answers in ways that are far beyond anything that we can imagine. So when we come to pray, we come in the knowledge that God is powerful, that he hears us when, he pray, when we pray and he answers our prayers in accordance with his will. That is why Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. So we, we present our prayers before God in the context that he knows best and will answer those prayers in the best way. And we need to pray um, this seems quite simple, but we need to pray to be able to pray. We need to pray that God will give us a greater delight that we would pray. Because for some reason we can perceive prayer as a duty, uh, as an obligation. And what we need to do is we need to pray that God would turn our duties into delights. You know, very often we believe that if we, if we don't pray in a certain way or, or say the right words that That we failed. We have this fear of, of man uh, that dis- disables us from, from praying out loud in a prayer meeting because we feel that we'll, we'll do it wrong or we'll say the wrong thing or we'll not get it in the right way. And it is whenever we disable some of those barriers towards prayer and learn to pray in the pattern and, and patterns of scripture that we will want more and more to pray. To pray in all situations and at all times. Not just as a, a token prayer in, in the morning or at night. But we will learn as Paul did. To pray without ceasing. To pray without ceasing. And to pray without ceasing doesn't mean to spend every second of the day in prayer. That's impossible. We can't do that. What it does mean is to have a prayerful attitude at all times and in all situations. somebody shares something with you or there's a situation going on whatever that might be pray pray for them if you notice an ambulance going past and it's on its way somewhere pray for whoever those people are you know there's so many situations and so many ways that we can pray without ceasing and then we will will come to see that praying without ceasing is not is not a burden but it is a means of of liberating us from our burdens 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And many of us are anxious. Are you anxious? God's saying, give it to me. So to help us work through some of, uh, some of these things, let's, let's look at the church's pattern of prayer um, as we see it in, in Acts chapter 4. Again, we read, On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. On most occasions, um, When we come to prayer, um, we can come with a list of things. It's it's like a shopping list of things to present before God. But the early church began their prayers by extolling the sovereignty of God. They praised him for who he is. And this too should should be our pattern. Because as we come to prayer, we come to the one who is sovereign. We come to the one who is in control. We acknowledge not simply what God has done, but we acknowledge who he is. And as we do that, it gives us the peace, that overwhelming peace, that he has uh, the power to answer our prayers in accordance with his sovereign will. The second thing we see is that when the early church prayed, they quoted scripture. We read, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And this is a quotation from the Psalms. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. What they do is they quote directly from Psalm 2 verses 1 and 2. And the reason I believe they do so is because it is a psalm that has been fulfilled in what they have just now witnessed. They have witnessed uh, the raging, uh, they have witnessed the the nation's raging and plotting in vain against the the Messiah. They've witnessed the rulers uh, standing against the Lord and against his anointed one. In fact, they they witnessed the anointed one being crucified by those same rulers. What they do is they use scripture to ignite their prayers. They also use scripture because it helps them to have structure to their prayers. They don't have to And this is a fear that we have. They don't have to spontaneously pray and and make something up on the spot. They pray God's word. And that living word ignites their prayers. So try that. The next time you come to pray and perhaps you're struggling to pray and to find the words, take one of the Psalms and read aloud. And read it aloud. Read aloud a portion of it. Then allow its truths to guide you in your time of prayer the third thing we see is that they prayed for God to act now Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus and in this prayer what they are doing is requesting of God, the strength to face up to trials and challenges, namely, uh, namely those that will come from the Sanhedrin. And the significance and the truth of this is, is so important for the church and for individual, for you and I, for individual believers to grasp. They do not pray to God and ask Him to take away their burdens or problems, but instead they ask Him to give them the boldness and the power to stand against them. And in their situation, that was asking for the the boldness to to speak the word of God and that that God would would perform uh, more miracles through Jesus' name, such as the healing of the lame man at the temple. And the principle still applies for believers today. We must pray that God will, will give us whatever grace we need in our situations to speak his word and to be a blessing to others, just like we prayed with the children earlier on you know maybe you're here this morning and you're dreading tomorrow morning and going to work quite simply because you hate your job maybe you find it difficult to to get along with with work colleagues maybe you've prayed that that God would would help you to find another job but perhaps that isn't his will for your life maybe his will is that you would you you would be his servant in that workplace that your witness would, would, would impact somebody for the glory of the gospel. Maybe it's in your relationships. What if you're single and have, and have prayed to God to, to help you find somebody and, and it seems that he, he just keeps closing that door. Perhaps that is not your, his will for your life. So you need to start praying and asking him what your singleness at this point can achieve for his glory. Maybe you're in a relationship and it's, it's not going as you had hoped it would and you, you pray to God and, and ask him to, to change your, your, your partner or spouse in some way. But perhaps that is not God's will and the change that is needed is in your life. You see, the apostles prayed, not my will be done, but your will be done. They prayed selflessly that, that in their lives that, that the gospel will be seen. They did not pray that they would live comfortable, happy lives. And the fourth thing we see is that they prayed together. They prayed together. There was was unity among the believers. And when God's people meet to pray, God can do wonderful things amongst them. A few weeks ago, a number of us met on on Good Friday evening here in church um, to spend some time in prayer. And God visited us. He visited us. We, we experienced the blessing of his presence through the, the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he gave uh, to some of us pictures in our minds that are significant for where we are in our walk with God. And some of those folks have shared those with me. God visited us and it is a beautiful thing. And my prayer is for more of it It is for the church to to break out in spirit anointed prayer that we would see miraculous things done in our time. But instead we say, "Ugh, I can't really be bothered. Plus I wouldn't know what to say. We have the God of all creation available to converse with, but instead we try to do things in our own strength. The final thing we learn is that when we pray in the will of God, we will be filled with the Spirit of God. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The shaking was uh, was a clarification that God had heard their prayer and answered their prayer. God answered their prayers and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we too can be filled with the Spirit. We too can see mighty things done in the name of Jesus, but we must have the willingness to come totally dependent before the sovereign God before the one who is in control. And let me just leave you with one thing, um, if, if, if anything else. There is a prayer that we pray, and when we pray, God always answers with a yes. Always answers. And that is a prayer of repentance. When we pray repenting of our sins and asking God to take our sins, that we acknowledge that there is nothing that we can do that we see Jesus hanging on the cross, bearing the weight of our sin. We acknowledge that. We believe that Christ was raised from the dead. And we say, Lord, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. It is only possible through Jesus Christ. I ask you to come into my life and to be Lord of my life. Instantly, God answers that prayer. Instantly. And he always answers it with a yes. Yes that might be your prayer this morning to seek that forgiveness to seek salvation to seek eternal life and god will answer that prayer with a yes and an amen and i find communion communion is one of those times when we we come before god with an open heart that he is is opening up himself to us. He is welcoming us into his holy presence. So let us come expectantly. Let us come humbly and and dependent upon him for all things. Let us come willing to be filled with his Holy Spirit that we too may share the word of God with boldness. Let us pray. Oh God, you've spoken to us through your word. You hear us now as we pray. We thank you that you are the God who answers prayers. No matter what we pray, you answer, may it be yes or no or wait or in ways that we cannot imagine. Lord, help us to be praying people, to pray without ceasing, to see mighty things done in your name. And Lord, convict us this day, convict us this day of that that one prayer that we pray that we know in the knowledge that you will answer, that prayer of repentance, of coming to you in faith and trust if we've been delaying that prayer, if we've been running from it, then Lord, may today, Lord, stop us dead in our tracks. Indeed, that we wouldn't even leave this place today without praying that prayer and knowing you as our Lord and Savior. For we ask in his name. Amen.